another three seconds to do it. Here's Chauncey Phillips. Here it is. He's got it. He's got it. Chauncey Phillips hits the three. Overtime. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. The Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. And when you knock us down, we're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. Detroit, Michigan. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Detroit vs. Everybody, the podcast. Back with you for episode 29. It has been a minute, so sorry to all the fans out there. But we have an exciting show, and football is back. But one thing that is not back today is Ace. Ace sent me a, a line that he wanted to go out to the people. I'm here with just me and Cole today. Ace is out of town. He went down to Tampa Bay for the opening night game between the Bucks and the Cowboys. Then he went up to Detroit to catch his Lions on Sunday. And then last night on Monday night, he went jetted over to Vegas. He put some gambling in at the Bellagio. He was on the Raiders. Money line, so he hit it big last night over over the Ravens, but he'll be back later on this weekend. Um, but Cole, we had an exciting week of football. Um, I'm so excited to get into it. We got a fun, jam-packed agenda today. We're going to talk a little Michigan football, a little Michigan State football. We'll get into the Lions game, and then we'll go around the league, and then finally I'll give us an update on some of our bets, maybe some ones that are looking good, maybe some ones that aren't looking good that we dropped last episode. Uh, but how you doing, bud? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You know, you got NFL, you got college football in the swing of things, you got fancy football rolling. I'm placing these five dollar to win two grand parlays. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I I logged a lot of couch time on Saturday and Sunday, and it's been fun. I'm with you, and we got an all football agenda this week for you on the podcast. And last night, Ravens Raiders. Shout out to Gowdy, my guy Gowdy, the Gowdy parlay. Um, he sent me a parlay. I was. 25 Mark Andrews yards away from winning $1,500 on a $10 bet. Yeah, um, so before he sent the Gowdy parlay, I had put one in on my own, and I ha- I actually bet Andrews down to like 40 yards, oh. and I was one leg short of like $5 to win 400 <laughs> So Mark Andrews is uh, public enemy number one right now. My sources are telling me that Gowdy's already in the lab, though, for next week, or uh, for Thursday night's Washington football team versus yeah. the New York Giants. That's a money maker, uh, five dollar bet, maybe to win a thousand. So I'm starting to think it would almost be better if he just blindly picked stuff because he's never won. <laughs> we're gonna hit one of those this year, but I'm with you on that. Uh, but as I talked about, let's start. Let's get into today's topics, and, and the first one is one that you're passionate about. We're both passionate about, and that's Michigan football. That's, Talk to us about Michigan. All right, so uh, I, I love Michigan football, man. As much as they rip my heart out over my twenty. 20- Three years of life. I, I still come back every Saturday. They play and watch them. So, so far they're 2-0, and and they've kind of beaten down both their opponents so far. And they use really the same game plan. It's just we're going to run on you because we're bigger and we're stronger. And it works against these teams, but I, I'm, I still struggle to find out if we're a good football team. Now, the game against Washington, we were six-point favorites, so it was really nice to see us kind of go out there and dominate because yeah. the score was 31 to 10, but it, I mean, it felt like they never had a chance to even beat us. Right. Um, the thing that worries me with Michigan is one, the quarterback, uh, Cade McNamara, he can't throw. No. And right now, or, right now, we don't really need him. Do to throw. we know he can't throw? 
Yes, I oh, know okay. he. Right. Well, may, he may be able to throw, but I think we have two guys on our bench who are better. And I think if we get that McCarthy kid in and let him play in some of these games where we're going to beat people, get him some reps, and then when we play the heavy hitters, he's going to be able to make some of those throws. Um, Remind me, who is the McCarthy kid? J.J. McCarthy is a five-star freshman uh, that we have this year. Um, he played in game one, and he had the really nice yeah. scramble and then threw it like 50 yards across field, which you never really want to do, but he threw a beautiful ball. Right. Um, and I just think... <laughs> He could be a guy because our team isn't bad right now. Um, the way our running game is, our run defense looks pretty good so far. Mm-hmm. Um, still not sure about the pass defense, but McCarthy is a guy who, if you put him in some of these big games, yeah. we may be able to win one of the, one or two of these, which we haven't been able to do under Harbaugh, and which everyone gets so pissed off about. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna kind of look ahead. We got Northern Illinois next week. They're one and one, and they can score some points. So that'll be a good test for our defense because I know we've only given up 14 and 10, but I really I don't think our defense is elite or yeah. put it, I don't even think it's as putting ugh, I don't think it's as good as the numbers they're putting up right now. I think they're vulnerable through the air, and you kind of saw it a little bit towards the end of that Washington game when Washington finally realized, hey, we can't run on these guys, yeah. we're just gonna throw it, and their quarterback almost threw for 300 yards. Yeah. Um. So. Northern Illinois has Rocky Lombardi. Oh, no. Who, if you remember, Dagger. was the quarterback for Michigan State last year when they beat Michigan as like 20 point underdogs. So I'm sure the boys in blue will be fired up about that one and trying to stick it to them. Now, this game is, uh, I think we're minus 27 in it. Um, so Vegas is expecting a blowout. Wow. I, I know. I would lean Northern Illinois just because I, I don't. I would too. I, the way we're playing right now with McNamara is we're just going to run, run, and run some more. Yeah. And a team that's vulnerable to pass like we are, a 27-point spread is a lot. So yeah. I would lean Northern Illinois, but I expect us to win. I, I, I agree with you on, on those picks. And you had mentioned McNamara um, and, and – I agree with you. I would rather see the freshman quarterback playing. Uh, but you mentioned, do we know if McNamara can throw? I don't know, but I don't know if anyone knows. So if game one, he was 9 for 11 for 136 yards and two touchdowns. So only 11 passes thrown. Last game against Washington, he was 7 for 15 for 44 total yards in the whole game. Now you said we ran for 350 yards that game, so we didn't need him. But are we going to be able to do that against Wisconsin? Yeah. Against Penn State, against Michigan State, against um, Ohio State. Yeah. You know there's going to be pouring down rain in the Michigan State game too. So. Yeah. So I, I kind of have highlighted. So those three, three of those games you mentioned were at Wisconsin, at Penn State, at Michigan State. Yeah. So that's going to be in a hostile environment yeah. with all really good defenses. I don't think we're going to just be able yeah. to run it all over them. Um, well, with that being said, I did love the game plan for a team like Washington. Yeah. Because we're just bigger and stronger than yep. them. And we actually watched the game together. And I said in the second quarter, like, let's just run it every single play. Yeah. And we really did that. Even on, like, second and 15s and third and 10s, yep. we just kept running it. And kudos. Uh, I know we're kind of we're, we're a little critical, but kudos to the running backs and the yeah. offensive line. They've done an awesome job those first two games. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep that up. Maybe we can show a little bit of uh, diversity when it comes to game planning, uh, but but I'm with you there. Yeah, so. and, and I'll be the first. To, if this works against those upper, uh, top-tier defenses, 
I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, yeah. hey, I just didn't think we could do it. Right. But um, I don't think anyone thinks that this is going to right. – other than maybe the coaches on the Michigan yeah. staff. I think there's no one out there that thinks this is going to keep working for the whole season. Right. Also, uh, shout-out to Aiden Hutchinson. He looks like an absolute yeah. dude on the D-line. Yeah. Uh, that that D-line is playing pretty well. Like I said, we got good run D. The thing that the thing that is interesting about the D-line, and this is what we had been so critical of with the defense the last several years under Don Brown, is we never had a defensive tackle or nose tackle on the entire roster. Mm-hmm. We were playing with D-ins at D-tackle, for the last couple of years because of the way Don Brown's scheme is set up. This scheme under def- new defensive coordinator Mike McDonald came over from the Baltimore Ravens. It's very different. Um, it, it, it is much more um, much less emphasis on man-to-man defense on the outside and blitzing every single play. We're not doing that every single play, which everyone knows you can't just blitz blindly every single play. The uh, good quarterbacks, good teams will tear you up. And so uh, that has been one thing that I'd like to see. We have some interior linemen playing well. We got some veteran ends like an Aiden Hutchinson on one side playing really well. So, yeah, I, I like that. Um, awesome. Well, uh, we're going to transition from Michigan now over to Michigan State, who has also started 2-0. Now, full disclosure, we're both Michigan football fans here, so it's tough to, to, to do this. But Michigan State maybe with one of the most impressive victories uh, of the season in week one on the road conference game in Northwestern they went out and spanked them they got up early on Northwestern ended up winning 38 to 21 and they ran for I want to say 326 yards in that game against a Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern team that is crazy a week two they just beat North uh, Youngstown State 42 to 14 so 2-0 like I said I mentioned those rushing numbers in game one shout out to Kenny Walker Kenneth Walker the the third 23 carries, 264 yards, four tutters in game one against Northwestern. That's a monster. Um, and, and then in the second game, a, a guy that I love and I think I wish I, Michigan had is uh, wide receiver Jaden Reed. He had four catches, 181 yards. I think he had an 80-yard touchdown, um, two total touchdowns. But he looks like a ball player. I think he's a redshirt sophomore, a junior um, out of Illinois. But he looks good. Smaller guy, quick. He's got great hands. I like him. Um, but I, I mentioned those rushing numbers, and we talked about the rushing attack from Michigan. So for Michigan, game one, 43 carries, 335 rushing yards. Game two, 56 carries, 343 rushing yards. So they just hammered the ground. Well, Michigan State, similar. 37 carries, 326 rushing yards against Northwestern. 38 carries, 272 rush yards against Youngstown State. Um, so both teams have been ground and pound. I think there's a lot of questions still about Michigan State as well. Can their defense stand out against a, a against an elite offense? And then also, can they throw the ball if they got to throw the ball? Um, so we'll see, especially this weekend on that. They play on the road against the Miami Hurricanes. It is a noon kick on Saturday. Now, Miami is interesting because they are they were 24th in the polls as of the time of recording. I think they're going to fall out of the top 25. They lost to Bama opening weekend, I think 42-14. to 14. They got blown out. It was never close. And then this past weekend, they beat Appalachian State. Yes, that dreaded Appalachian State for you Michigan fans. By two points, barely at home. So it's interesting. Uh, they do have the stud quarterback, De'Eric King. So I think this is going to be a good test for Michigan State, and I think we'll know more about them 
um, after this weekend. Uh, but now for the meaty portion of the podcast, and probably Cole, something you're excited to talk about. I know Ace gave us some notes. He's pumped to talk about them too. And that's the Detroit Lions. And so just to recap before we get into some takeaways here, the Lions, Detroit Lions, spoiler alert, lost 41-33 to to the San Francisco 49ers in week one of the season here. And just if I'm breaking down that game, right, I think about the start that the Lions had um, and, and how rough it was and how we were able to, to maybe turn it around. So in the beginning of the game, if you're watching, we had a turnover on downs. We went forward on fourth down on our first possession, um, didn't get it. Uh, then we missed a field goal, our next offensive possession. And, and so we've had two possessions where we've got into scoring position and we turned it over and missed a field goal. Well, it happened again. The next drive, we got a fourth and fourth and short from around midfield, and I'm or uh, we were just barely in field goal range. And I'm like, holy crap, man! We've had three possessions where we've been in the, near the red zone, and we're gonna get no points because if we go for it and get stopped, and so we did go for it. I was thinking field goal, maybe we went for it, we got it, and then we go down there and uh, and, and we score. So um, we were able to tie it up there. Um, they had an early turnover. If I'm thinking about. Uh, San Francisco in the first half their drives were a fumble on the opening drive that allowed us to come back but then they had touchdown 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 field goal and we were down 31 to 10 at the end of the first half Um, that was terrifying can you tell me what you were going through in that first half yeah I mean it's it it was bad um I I thought we would play the Niners closer than what we did in that first half yeah defensively mostly yeah I didn't think our our defense looked horrendous um I I didn't think teams would just be able to do whatever they want whether it was going through the air running right through us um so I was disappointed in the defense um yeah it it was kind of what I expected out of the offense um but like like Evan said, when you get in the red zone three times or, or almost in the red zone, you got to get more than three points with the way your defense is. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that set the tone in that first half. Down 31 to 10 at halftime, we're thinking, holy crap, like what can we do to maybe yeah. show some life? Because like you said, San Francisco was getting everything that they wanted in that first half. And that was tough to see defensively. Um, you hope to get some stops. Um, they had three touchdowns and a field goal in that first half. Uh, but then we came out, and the second half was a little bit of a different story. It was interesting, right? Um, they San Francisco ended up only getting points on two of seven second-half drives. So the defense played significantly better in that second half. And with six minutes left in the game, we were still down 41-17. to 17. So still down 24 with six minutes left. We ended up battling back, uh, getting an onside kick, and we lost 41-33 to 33 in the end. Um, and, and so I think there are positives and negatives that, that come from this game. Uh, but I want to start on the positive side of things. So, Cole, what kind of positives do you think came from this first game for the Lions? Yeah, so with the Lions this year, I'm always going to try and look at the positives because I know we're not going to compete for a, a championship. So kind of the big things I wanted to look at were we're trying to establish an identity, and I think we did that pretty well with our running game yeah. and, and our offensive line play. Um, so our running game, we went more with Jamal Williams, and he actually looked really good. Um, so I have Williams and Swift stats pulled up. Williams had nine carries for 54 yards and a touchdown. Swift was 11 for 39. And then they both did really well um, receiving the ball, too. So Swift had that long touchdown uh, catch. But other than that, 
He had he had eight catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. Williams eight for 56. And it, if you remember, this is kind of what we said this offense was going to do. They're, yep. they're not going to throw it way down the field and try and score every play. We're going to have to dink and dunk, yep. and we're going to have to work our way down the field. So I, I really liked the way um, our our running backs played, both running and catching. And then if you look at the offensive line, I mean, shout out to Panay Sewell. Yeah. We we moved him at left tackle, and he just – I mean, he played there his whole career so, well, so far, but – um, he just found out probably a couple days before the game he's playing left tackle, and then he not not only that, but he has to go against the Bosa brother, <laughs> and you really didn't hear Bosa's name much. No, no. So, so uh, I mean, shout out Panay or Panay Sewell. Really, I think the only one on the line who struggled was the guy we had to bring in since Taylor Decker was out. That Nelson yeah, guy, Matt Nelson. Yeah. So um, I love the way the line played. Like I said, we ran the ball well. I didn't feel like Goff was getting pressured too much unless it was Nelson's guy. Yeah. Um, I think the only question you have about the line is what are you gonna do once uh, Decker comes back? Is Sewell gonna stay at left tackle? Is Decker gonna move back to left and Sewell to right? That's um, the uh, that's the buzz in the Twitter sphere today. And my logic on that is, hey, let's worry about that when it gets here. Yeah, and that's exactly what Dan Campbell said. Like they asked him about, it, and he said, "We're just gonna worry about that when it yeah. gets there." So I like it. Yeah, I mean, what what's what's bad about having two left tackles right. on the team? It's definitely <laughs> it's definitely like it's a good problem yeah, to have. Yeah, exactly. That's what he's thinking too, and that's the right way to think about it for all the people that are hitting the Twitter. Ooh, we got to move so and so to here. Just R E L A X, calm. We'll figure it out. Exactly. Worst case scenario, we got two stud tackles. We'll put them on either exactly. side. Exactly. And then the last positive I wanted to talk about was just kind of the fight out of the Lions. Um, just the it seems like there's a mood change, a mentality change. Um, we we forced a couple turnovers. That one yeah. turnover late with D, Debo Samuel had the first down, and then the game was all but over. And you see our guy come over and just punch it right out from his hands. Shout out Peanut Tillman. Yeah, Peanut Tillman, Aces boy. Yeah. Um, I mean, without that, the game's over. And you yeah. never, I mean, we still lost, but that gives us at least a fighting chance. And I, I was watching it with you again, and it was 41 17, and we're marching. I'm like, guys, it's not over yet. And I, I was kind of joking about it. But then yeah. we score, and then we get the onside kick, and we score again. And yep. all of a sudden, the buzz was back in our living room, and it was like we had just life injected into us again. Yeah. Um, so. I love the fight from the Lions. Ultimately, we ultimately we fell short, yep. but it was a amazing second half to watch. So that gives me, honestly, I think I'm more optimistic after watching that second half about the about the Lions season. Yeah. Um, now I do think part of the reason probably the 49ers didn't score as much was they were playing more conservative. Yeah. Um, but I guess we'll see. Uh, t- only time will tell. Yeah. I. I I'm with you, and shout out to to two guys, uh, Trey Flowers. I think he's a guy that was signed a big contract. He's known as a quiet guy in the locker room. He came from the Patriots, right? And he's had a tough go of it here in Detroit. He hasn't really had a ton of standout plays. He had one really good game against the Packers, I remember. Uh, But he's battled injuries quite a bit, position change this year. He's the guy that forced that last fumble. And then Ifatu Malafanwu was the guy that recovered the fumble, the rookie corner. And he's walking around holding the ball. And I was just (laughs) thinking that'd be so cool. The the atmosphere, the the whole Ford field was pumped, and and he was walking off holding the ball. I was thinking that was really cool. So I agree. I like to see that as well. Um, Now, Cole, I'm going to take it a little – I'm going to turn it another way here. And I'm going to take a look at three negatives that I saw from the game. And I think the, the first big one is um, is we found out after the game that 
Jeff Okuda uh, has a torn Achilles and, and will need surgery, and so he'll be out for this year. And I know that is a tough injury to come back from for a football player. Hopefully he can get healed up, rest, um, and, and be back to playing next year or middle of next year or whatever. Um, but but prayers and shout-out to Jeff Okuda. Um, I, I, I will also say I know he, he had a rough game, right? Debo Samuel had, what, 180 yards receiving almost yeah. and a touchdown. So that wasn't all on Okuda. Some of it was, yeah. But, but uh, the negative number one is Jeff Okuda's Achilles injury. Um, that's going to be tough to replace. I already saw it today. Um, we had reached out, and it sounds like Quentin Dunbar, who's a guy that we previewed early on, he's coming back to Detroit. He's going to sign with us. Um, he, he was battling some personal stuff in the offseason, um, wanted to take some time off. We reached out to him. Sounds like we're going to be signing him to replace Okuda, which is great job by the GM on reaching out because there ain't a better. Like, it's tough to, after week one, find a number one cornerback to step in. And uh, Quentin Dunbar is the, the best thing, um, the next best thing. So hopefully he can come in and give us a little bit of veteran leadership in that secondary and kind of firm up some things. Um, so And also, like I said, shout out Okuda. Hopefully you can heal up. I know slow Okuda, we always rip on you. But, uh, but get some rest and recovery, hopefully, to see you back on the Lions. Um, so that's first negative. The second negative for me was, and, and we alluded to this a little bit in the positive section, is the 49ers seemed to get whatever they wanted offensively, um, whether that was running the football or passing the football. Um, they averaged five yards of carry on the ground. Elijah Mitchell, a rookie late-round pick, uh, ran for 100 yards and a touchdown um, after Raheem Mostert went down. And Jimmy Garoppolo looked like an all-world quarterback against us. And that kind of worries me because – I think we all know who Jimmy G is, right? Like, he's 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 so-so. I mean, yeah. they drafted a quarterback right. in the top 10 for a reason, yeah. to replace Jimmy G. And so the fact that he went 17 to 25, 300 yards and a touchdown, he was only sacked once. I think he had a perfect or almost perfect cube quarterback rating. Debo Samuel had 180 yards and a touchdown. That worries me um, that we weren't able to at least stop or slow down one of those two facets 49ers seem to get whatever they want. And, and to be quite honest, I know we talked about one of the positive things being the turnovers. Forcing them to three fumbles and recovering those fumbles is what saved us and kept us in that game. Because if we didn't do that, I think they only had one or two punts the whole game. Um, that's going to be tough to, uh, to, to um, succeed against other teams when you're only holding them to one punt in a game. So... That worries me. I think we need – we got some stuff on film now. Maybe we're figuring some stuff out. Had a ton of young guys playing. Um, so maybe we can we can, uh, we can can make a step on that going into next week. Any comments on either of those? Yeah. Um, you said we had all the young guys playing. I just – I don't understand how our defense can be so bad year after year. Like I, I watch other teams play. And a pass goes up, and there's a defender right draped on the receiver. Yeah. And then I watch us play, and Debo Samuel's got no one within five yards of him. I I, I, I don't know if I'll ever understand that. Um, yeah, he, he kind of mossed Okuda in the yeah, game, he too. He caught one and, and ran away, and yeah. Okuda was there and, like, fell down. That was tough to see. Yeah, and I, I, w- I was sad about the slow Okuda injury, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's he's been not good for us so far, but obviously he has the potential right. in there and somewhere. We, yeah, and we want him to be the uh, number one quarterback. Yes. We I I've said on here, I want him to be Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Now he hasn't been, and he's not yet, but that's what I want him to be. And when he was drafted by the Lions, 
he was projected there by everyone. Everyone yeah. thought that was the, uh, the right pick, a decent pick, a good pick. I don't want to hear about who came after him. Everybody was on board with that pick at the time, um, including other teams and other GMs. Yeah. So um, nothing wrong with the pick. Um, you just have to develop the guy. I mean, you got to play him. You got to develop him. Maybe we missed something on tape, but if we missed it, everyone else missed it too. Yeah, I, I still, I still don't agree with the pick because, like you said, everyone was at, that was the right pick to make at the time. He just hasn't turned out to what he's supposed to be yet. But it's only a second year, yeah. And then to see an Achilles injury, that's hard to it's come tough, back yeah. from. That it's hurts. Tough. But yeah. uh, we're wishing he has a quick and. Yep. healthy yep. recovery for sure so we can see him back in the honolulu blue and silver for sure and then the last negative i had and i think there's a positive to be had here uh but but i think the negative is the lack of passing threats on the lions specifically early on in the game now tj hawkinson was and we we were talking about this all preseason long he's gonna be golf's man gonna yeah. be golf's go-to guy and he was he finished with eight catches for 97 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets he was second on the team in targets. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but uh, so he was good. But when when they th- there was a portion of that game in the middle when they started shadowing extra coverage his way, and he was kind of taken out of the game. And that's when the Niners started running away because we weren't able to do anything offensively. So he had eight catches, ninety-seven yards. You mentioned both Swift and Williams having eight catches apiece. Those are running backs, right? Yeah. So our running backs and our tight ends combined for twenty-four catches. Um, where are the receivers? Uh, they combined for 14 total receptions, the receivers did. Now, that might sound like a lot, but um, when you do the ratio there of, of catches, and so that tells you our passing game was limited to short, uh, behind the line of scrimmage, um, in tight, um, all, all the short stuff, which we understand and we know that going in. A lot of the chunk plays that we had from the receivers, too, were in garbage time at yeah. the end of the games when we're driving, we have to throw. And so that worries me a little bit. I think we need to we need to continue developing. I did like to see Amon Ross St. Brown had a couple catches. Mm-hmm. Quintez Cephas had a, uh, like an acrobatic catch yeah. on the sideline. And then uh, Trinity Benson, who we just traded for, he had three catches for 20 yards as well. So I like to see all that. We talked about the the Lions not having a, a wide receiver one or really a wide receiver two. We cut the our biggest free agent signing, Brashad Perryman, a couple weeks ago. Um, so we know this is going to be a position of work. Uh, we know that we want to play to golf strengths, right? Which is the short passing game, the quick outs. You're going to see you're going to see a ton of quick outs, whether they're completed or not this year. And, and screen game, tight ends. Uh, but but we need to develop some type of vertical to open up that stuff in the middle. Open up running game for our running backs. We want our running game can be a strength, but we gotta we gotta keep those safeties out of the box. And, and I think we're gonna have to have some deep threats to do that. Yep, totally agree with you. Awesome. Um, so that kind of wraps up our our positives and negatives on the game. So to recap, the three positives were our running backs and our running game in particular. Uh, the offensive line, Penay, Sewell, uh, but really the offensive line as a whole, I thought they did well, keeping Goff upright and blocking for the run game. And then uh, the, the kind of the attitude, the fight that, that the team had down the stretch. And then three negatives, uh, Jeff Okuda's Achilles injury. Sucks to see. Um, having the 49ers getting pretty much anything they wanted offensively was definitely worrisome. Hopefully we don't see that this upcoming week with the Packers. And then uh, the lack of, of passing threats from the wide receiver position, which are... I mean, some of those 
uh, that one is one that we predicted early on, right? Um, uh, Okuda injury, obviously no one can predict that. And then our defense had question marks. We kind of predicted those things happening early on, so no surprises there. Yep. But that's going to close the book on the Detroit Lions versus the 49ers recap. So before we move on to NFL, though, we do want to take you around the league because this was such an exciting and action-packed first weekend. So we're going to do a little popcorn on some of our biggest um, takeaways from games this weekend. Cole, what you got for me first? Yeah, so we'll start with the opening night game, Cowboy- yeah. Cowboys versus Bucks in Tampa. Electric atmosphere. Everyone's dying for football back, and what a game we got to Great see, game. man. Yeah. You see the Cowboys hit that field goal to take the lead, yep. and I don't know if anyone thought the game was actually over at that point. Yeah. Brady marches right down. They hit a field, field goal back to win. Yep. Uh, I think my big takeaway, we I mean, we already knew what Tampa was. They're good. The Cowboys' offense is very good again. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Dak was kind of doing this before he got hurt last year. Um, but that there were no signs of any injury at all. So yeah. good for Dak. Uh, the Cowboys are good again. So Evan, you got the next one. Yeah. So the uh, big takeaway for me was some statement wins this weekend. Yep. And, and that was first the Steelers on the road in Buffalo with a 23 to 16 win over the Bills, who we all were giving a ton of love to. Now they're still going to be good. Yeah. But that was a statement win. Yep. Second statement win was the Arizona Cardinals on the road against the Tennessee Titans, 38-13, demolishing. That was a statement win. Also, I had the over 51.5, and and as you can see there, the total was 51. That That is a tough loss. And Tannehill couldn't get any points down the stretch. They couldn't. They got stopped on fourth down like the last three possessions. Obviously, I'm not over it yet. And then the last statement win, I, this is this one was a tough one to see. <laughs> and that was the New Orleans Saints in Jacksonville because of the hurricane, forced them to go to neutral site, beating the Green Bay Packers 38-3. That was such a shame to see. It was so sad to see Aaron Rodgers just getting kicked in the mouth, two picks. Uh, they went to Jordan Love. Um, he, he looked done. He looked... And I know I don't want to like bite off more than I can chew here because we play the Packers on Monday night this upcoming week. Yeah. And I texted you today. Aaron Rodgers could throw for 600 yards this week because he might get just pissed at everyone yep. saying Rodgers is done. But I hope he is done. Um, Cole, what do you got next for me? So I let's just uh, go to L.A. Oh, uh, freaking oh. Stafford, man! That first long bomb he threw was beautiful. Seeing him do the windmill down yeah. the sideline, <laughs> it just looks like he's having fun, and yep. I, and I'm glad for him. I know we do have the Rams picks, yep. but like Evan and I have talked about, it's we just can't root against Stafford, who we love so yep. much. Um, I mean he he's gonna he's gonna get to prove what he's made of out there. The the division went four and zero as a whole. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the Rams are real good. So that, that's going to be a fun one to watch all year. Yep. Um, but happy for Stafford that he's in L.A. now having fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, now, I am a little concerned. So I, I knew the Rams had some attrition uh, on defense, but they lost a lot of their, their stud defenders due to cap management issues. Uh, and obviously they just dumped – Jared Goff to us for a salary cap, but Stafford's making a ton of money too. Yeah. So um, I, I'll be interested to see. I know they have Aaron Donald up front and they got Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. Those are two of the best at <laughs> yeah. their position. Um, but we'll see if they can fill the pieces around those guys because there were moments where the Bears looked good. Yeah, um, which is never a good sign for yeah, the defense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, and, and that, um, bringing it back to the, my next takeaway from around the league, and that was the young quarterbacks. So you start with Trevor Lawrence, who took a beating down in in Houston 
Um, that was a tough scene. He looked rough. Um, Urban Meyer, I think the question's still out on yeah. him. He didn't get his boys prepared. That is for darn sure. So that's the first one. Um, Zach Wilson struggled mightily early. He was getting a ton of pressure on him. He lost his left tackle in the game. Uh, but he rallied a little bit, and, and Carolina ended up winning that game 19-14. to But Wilson showed a little bit of life. Um, Justin Fields came in a couple plays. I think he threw – did he throw a touchdown on the Bears? Uh, he ran one. He ran a, ran a touchdown for the Bears. Um, he threw a pass in the red zone to get him to like the five. They're still saying Andy Dalton is their guy. We'll see how long that lasts. And then the last one is Trey Lance. Everyone saw him uh, this past weekend against the Lions. He came in and threw his first career touchdown pass. Um, that was a great play, I think, because when he comes in, if you're the Lions defense, yeah. this dude's going to end a run it, and then he a little fake play action open. pass, wide open touchdown. So the young quarterbacks, will be tracking that all year long. That was one of the stories, I think, coming into the year, and it still is. Um, so, Cole, what's your next takeaway? Um, so I just got – this one's kind of dissolved around the Lions because I, I, I think we're going to be at the bottom of the standings this year. Yeah. The Falcons are horrible. Mm. They got dismantled by the Eagles, thirty-two to six at home. Yeah, and and if you guys heard, I'm not. I don't think the Eagles are good. So uh, the Falcons are really bad, and then also the Jaguars are going to be really bad again this year. You cannot have a rookie quarterback throw it fifty-one times in his first game of his career. Um, that's just bad coaching. Yeah. Uh, they got to figure something out. But I kind of think those two are going to be teams we're uh, battling with down at the bottom. And I also think the Texans aren't going to be as bad as we thought with Tyrod yeah. Taylor. Uh, I, I think Tyrod, I mean, he's not going to go out and win you games. He's not going to lose any games. Right. Um, so so I expect to be battling with the Falcons and the Jags for that first pick next year. I, I'm, I'm with you. Those were kind of surprising to see the Falcons get blown out that yeah. much. And I think an early, early uh, uh, like we're going to put our hands up here, the Eagles – they might actually yeah. be good. Yeah. I, so you're the biggest anti-Eagles guy coming into the year. I've been uh, I've been a Jalen Hurts hater all year. So yeah. uh, he looked good in game one. And if he continues this, I'll, re- I'll hand up. I was wrong. Yeah. Okay. And that transitions us perfectly to get it. I'm going to do a quick little betting recap. So if you recall last episode, we gave you a bunch of props handed out season long and week one props. Um, I think a couple of them are looking good. A couple of them looking rough. Um, one of the ones, so we had the Bills over 10.5 wins. They went down week one. I think there's still chance yep. for that to that ship to be righted. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think you can hit the red button on that I one. I agree. Yet. Colts over nine wins. I, I don't think. That you, was mine. So I, it's not red button time yet. But that was a game they could have won. Um, but that was one of the games I had as a toss-up. So not red button time. Browns over 10.5 wins. That looks really good. Even Looks good. I think it looks really good. Even though, that, I mean, they played the Chiefs at the very end. And if it... They just had a couple mistakes in the fourth quarter, but other than that, the Chiefs could not stop them. I I agree. So I, I think a, that looks really good. I'm gonna put my hand up right now. Ryan Fitzmagic, over 3,800 passing yards. He's probably not gonna get there. Probably not. Uh, for those of you that saw, he uh, I think partially dislocated yeah, hip. Man, He's gonna sucks. be out for several weeks, so that sucks for Magic. Um, hopefully he heals up. But but that's I'll, a push. Yeah, I'll take a push <laughs> on that. Some of the ones I love. All right, you ready for this? Yeah, hit me. Justin Herbert, over 4,500 passing yards. He threw for 360 yards week one. I like that. And that was against the Washington On the road against team. one of the best defenses he's going to face. Yeah. C.D. Lamb, over 1,050 receiving I, I, yards. I like that a lot that looks after very that first good. game. 
Bucks over 11 and a half wins. Yeah, I mean, they looked good. They it looked very good. Won the Super Bowl, and they have everyone back, and they didn't miss a beat. And so. the last one that looks great is Cooper Cup over 1,000 receiving yards. Yeah, if he stays healthy. If he, he stays healthy, you can cash that, pay, spend that money right now. Yeah, because that's a lock. Awesome. Uh, so I think for the most part, we're still alive for a lot of those. We'll have some more uh, daily picks for you. Uh, But that wraps up today's show. Hopefully a little shorter, a little hard-hitting, all football-focused. We will, however, Cole and I are going to be bringing you a special Lions vs. Packers Monday Night Football preview episode here in the coming days as well, so you'll get that. And we'll also have some betting picks for you for the week. So that's going to be a Lions-Packers preview and a betting preview. Are you pumped for that, Cole? Yeah, I I was glancing at the board today. The college football slate, I got locks all over oh, the no. place. Um, oh, no. I, have, I know. I haven't dug deep in the NFL slate yet, but I'll do that before our next podcast. So I'll have a bunch of locks there, too. Love that. So you all will want to tune in next time, not just for that, but to make some money because who doesn't want to? Um, shout out to Ace. Like I said, he's on his way. I think he might still be out at the Bellagio yeah. shooting, shooting craps. Shooting craps at the Bellagio. Um, but, but he should be back soon. Um, and appreciate everybody for listening. Go Lions. We got an interesting, huge game coming up. But as everybody knows, when it comes to not just Monday Night Football, but sports in general, it will and will always be Detroit versus everybody. Detroit, Michigan. Oh, yeah. Detroit, Michigan. Yeah.